Welcome to Geekology 101. My name is Diego, and welcome to a new installment of our Brains series. Today we're going to talk about The Walking Dead. I mean, you can't talk about zombies without talking about The Walking Dead. It has been one of the primary contributors um, since its inception in the comic book world in 2003 to the zombie genre as a whole it's i mean i you can clearly say that it take it, it took things to another level and um of course it had many things that came before it that uh without which it really could not have had the life that it's had and uh apparently this franchise although as of the time of this recording the uh, comic book series ended the primary series um, has been going on now for 10 seasons. It's not stopping. <laughs> it's really not stopping. And we'll get into all that. But let's start off with the pages of comics, which is where this thing originated. And man, I mean, you guys already know by now how much I love comics. And um, anything that has to do with comics entering the mainstream reality of live action is something that attracts me to a ridiculous degree. I, I love for the world as, at, at large to become aware through live action adaptations of content that was making some of us geek out before hidden in the pages of comic books. And when you, if you've never set foot in the comic book shop, and my God, I hope you do if you haven't, if you set foot in the comic book shop, if you really start paying attention to the Im immense diversity of titles, genres, storylines, artistic styles, generations of writing styles, art styles. If you spend an entire day in a comic book shop just trying to gather all the different styles that exist of every aspect of comics um you will be blown away by how much source material there there is in the boxes and shelves of a comic book shop how many original ideas could emerge for hollywood for the big screen for amazing series on streaming services if people dug into the pages of comics for inspiration, because if there's one thing that bothers me, and I know I'm going kind of in a non-zombie related tangent here, but if there's something that bugs me about Hollywood is this notion that <laughs> there's no more originality and the wave, the endless wave of reboots and remakes and soft reboots that have plagued movie making for the last decade or more to me it's a, it's a bit shameful to be honest because it's i mean i know for a fact that original ideas haven't ceased you've got incredible comic books that are putting out amazing content you got incredible novels that are putting out amazing content there's stuff to pull from and uh, and and a lot of it definitely lives within the confines of those tiny comic book shops 
in your towns. So get out there, support them. You know, as soon as we're able to get out after this whole COVID-19 thing, get out there, go buy a comic book, you know, experience what it's like, experience what it's like taking that out of, out, out of the, the package, out of the, out of the plastic cover, experience what it's like, the feel of the pages, see the differences in the covers and the materials being used. I mean, it's artwork. It truly is artwork. Um, all right, enough geeking out about comics. Let's get it. Let's get into this specific comic, which is the walking dead. So essentially, uh, the walking dead is a post-apocalyptic zombie comic book series. Uh, it was created by Robert Kirkman who, um, writes or wrote the series and Tony Moore at the beginning was the artist for the first, uh, 24 issues or so. And then he was replaced by Charlie Atler, who, uh, was the artist pretty much for the remainder of the series. And uh, this uh, particular comic book series was published by Image Comics. Um, it started off, as I mentioned earlier, in 2003, and it ran for a total of 193 issues. And we're going to get to the ending of this thing because it's pretty important. Um, the original pitch that, uh, that came by, by Kirkman and Moore was actually supposed to be a follow-up of The Night of the Living Dead by the legendary George A. Romero, the father of the zombie genre. Uh, it was supposed to take place in the 1960s, back when the movie, the original movie actually took place. Um, what ended up happening is that the uh, one of the heads of Image Comics at that point, when they heard the pitch by Kirkman and Moore, they actually suggested to them that they moved away from that and that they created their own completely original story in a completely original setting, not following up on the events of Romero's uh, Night of the Living Dead so that they could own the story themselves completely. And that's what they ended up doing. So um, the series, I'm not even going to get into the events of the actual series. And part of the reason is this. I've I've watched a show. Uh, so far, I'm caught up through season um, nine. Uh, I typically wait at least, I think, since season three or four. I started waiting for the entire season to be out, to be available to stream, so I can just kind of binge watch the entire thing. Um, the Walking Dead has always been plagued by these hiatuses and pauses in the release of, of, of the seasons that I've, I, I always hate. I just I prefer to be able to consume the content straight, not necessarily all in one shot or in one weekend or anything like that, but I like to have all the content already there for a series like this in particular, um, the, uh, the comic books, um, provide all the source material. However, the series did not necessarily follow that source material to a T, um, quite far from it actually. And, uh, for that reason, the experience of watching the series can be quite different from the experience of getting into the comics and reading the entire series of the comics. So I started reading the comics, and as soon as I started tasting that flavor of difference between the two stories that are being told on screen and on the pages of the comics, I stopped reading the comics. So what I want to do, especially now that the series has officially concluded in the comics, is uh, collect either the hard uh, hardcovers, which collects 12 issues at a time, Remember, there's 196 issues of this thing. 193, I'm sorry. Um, I want to either collect the hardcovers, which collect 12 issues, or the omnibus, which collects uh, something like 24 issues. 
Um, and I'll probably go with the omnibus option and then slowly just make my way through that entire series and, and consume it similar to how I like to consume the TV show. Um, so for that reason, I'm not getting into the details of the story because I don't want to spoil a lot of aspects of the comic book story for myself. I want to reserve it for when I actually read it. Um, so let's just say that the a lot there are plenty of similarities between the comic book and what you would see on the on the on the TV screen if you've watched the Walking Dead shows. And, um, and suffice it to say that much. Now I will uh, go into the, um, the ending, which was very unexpected. So Kirkman, the writer and creator of the series, he decided to end the series with episode, with uh, issue number 90, uh, 193. And he did so without warning anybody about it, which is pretty unheard when it comes to comic books. Typically you want to hype the ending of a series of uh, to be able to get following and get people excited because in the world of comics, special issues become high sellers and those special issues go on to take on great value in the future. So a lot of comic collectors, they'll buy an issue number one of a new series, wrap it and store it. And that thing will, could possibly blow up in value, uh, you know, years down the road. Uh, same thing with finales. Same thing, same thing with special issues or special covers that are being drawn by special artists. There's something along those lines. There's always going to be some stuff that people are looking forward to. And the fact that he didn't go with what is tradition within uh, comic book, the comic book world, the fact that he didn't tee up the conclusion so that more people would buy those final issues so that people would, you know, flock to the comic book stores. That's very, very unique, very original, uh, or very original approach on the writer's part. He said, basically he said that he wanted to end the comic book on his own terms. And he, he went really far to mask this entire plan. So people wouldn't suspect anything. He had Adler, the uh, artist on the series, actually draw cover art through issue number 196 cover art that would hint that the stories would continue he also contacted diamond comic uh, diamond comic public uh, distributors which diamond is basically the the main distribution company for comic books throughout the entire united states very well known and it, it you know it, it it connects small publishers large publishers with big stores small stores it it just makes the entire life of comic distribution in, in this country possible um so he contacted them to make arrangements through issue number 196 all of it to keep his plan of ending the series a secret and um he he basically wanted that because he felt like the walking dead comics always played on the element of surprise it was built upon surprise and he wanted to surprise the readers with the end of the series. So it caught everybody off guard. Pretty cool, pretty unique way to go out. Um, the uh, Aside from the main 193 issues, there were special series that were created along the way. Uh, for instance, there was a Michonne special that was set in the early days of the zombie apocalypse, and it gives a little bit of her backstory. There was a governor special that was, say, uh, that was set in the early days of him as the leader of Woodbury, which is one of the locations that 
the main uh, characters in the story end up interacting with. And, and this guy's the leader of it. Uh, there's a special uh, that follows Morgan during the first, during the winter of the apocalypse, of the zombie apocalypse. Uh, one that follows Tyrese in the early days of the outbreak as well. Uh, there's another one. Uh, this one is I'm pretty interested in. I never heard of before. It's um, the Walking Dead Alien, which follows Jeffrey Grimes, whom I assume is a relative of the main character Rick Grimes, as he deals with the outbreak all the way over in Barcelona, Spain. So that's pretty cool. One of the things that I love about uh, this kind of thing, which takes us out of the main setting of The Walking Dead, is that it gives us a glimpse into how other parts of the country or the world have dealt with the zombie apocalypse with this particular virus. And, uh, and apparently this thing does that taking you to Spain. So I'm curious to check that out at some point. Once I read through the main, uh, 193 issues, uh, there's another one called here's Negan, which is the backstory of Negan, uh, within the world of the comics, the zombies are classified in interesting ways. They're classified as walkers, um, roamers or lurkers, uh, which is not necessarily something that we see reflected in the, in the TV series. Not at least that I've heard it mentioned that way. I know that there's a lot of different terms for zombies like geeks or walkers or whatever in the TV show, but not classifications that kind of describe the differences in, in, in the behavior of the zombies. Uh, the dead overall in the walking dead, whether in the comic books or in the TV shows are pretty much your classic uh, George A. Romero zombie. They follow each other. They mimic each other. They work kind of in a mass, you know, uh, moving masses, that sort of thing. Um, there, uh, there were rumors that back when Kirkman was pitching the idea for the walking dead comic book that he, um, that he had an origin that was alien in nature, that it was supposed to be uh, an origin for the spread of the virus, that is, that, that it was supposed to have been a biological alien weapon meant to attack Earth prior to an alien invasion. And that seemed pretty crazy. And again, it was kind of just a rumor thing. But then in 2020, after he concluded this, the series with issue 193, Kirkman took to social media and actually confirmed <laughs> from this theory that the virus had been caused by a space spore. So the funny thing is that he, and he mentioned this as well in an interview, he never wanted to focus on that. He never wanted the series to be about what actually caused this zombie outbreak. Um, you know, in contrast to, you know, something like, um, uh, let's say, uh, I am legend, right. Which is, uh, the Will Smith film is a remake of, of an original and, or based in a novel, never read the novel, never seen the original, but I love, I am legend, uh, the Will Smith film. And in that film, they went very far into describing, and, and these creatures aren't necessarily zombies. They're. They're interesting. They're kind of like a mix between a zombie and a vampire. And I know that in the novel, I did read up on that. And in the novel, they're more vampiric than anything else. But uh, they went far. They went pretty detailed into describing exactly how the virus was caused. Um, and you have other films too, um, like 
28 days or 28 weeks, uh, which are, it's a form of rabies, I believe, is the explanation that they give. So you do have some zombie stories where the origin of the virus is very clearly stated. That was not one of the goals of Kirkman when creating The Walking Dead. He wanted he didn't want to touch on that. That's the reason why he waited all the way until the series was done to even confirm the origin of his particular zombie virus. Pretty interesting. Um, in 2009, in 2009, AMC picked up the rights, uh, AMC the channel picked up the rights to The Walking Dead from Kirkman. Uh, they ordered a pilot episode on January 21st of 2010, and then they began filming on May 15th of that same year. The series uh, premiered on October 31st of 2010 on Halloween night. It premiered. Fantastic way of uh, getting people excited over a zombie-themed TV show. And it premiered with incredible ratings. I mean, it was definitely a success. So much so that even after just a second episode aired, AMC had already was already uh, renewing the series for season two. So <laughs> clearly the numbers from the ratings on the airing of the first two episodes were successful enough that they knew this thing was going to be a hit. And sure enough, it was a huge, huge hit. Now, the series is only loosely inspired by the comics. There are a lot of core elements that definitely pull from the comics, but then it deviates in many ways from the comics. And even in the storylines and plots that are pulled from the comics, even there, there's differences, um, stories are changed, etc. Characters, new characters have been introduced for the purpose of the show that did not exist within the comic book pages. Some characters from the comics have not been uh, brought into into the, um, the TV screen. Uh, so, again, loosely based on the comics. Really, by this point, the comics and the TV show are two very different worlds, or two very they're two different monsters, you know. Uh, which is again going back to my comment from from before. I want to stay unspoiled when it comes to the comics because I feel like that's going to be its own experience. It's going to be its own story, and I want to kind of get lost in it. Um, you have uh, one person that, to me personally, is, is is very notable is Greg Nicotero, and he, uh, aside from being an executive producer on the show, he's the main special effects artist. He's the main FX guy, and the job that the walking dead TV show has done when it comes to bringing the zombies to life is simply phenomenal. The quality, the attention to detail, it's, it's unlike anything that we've seen on screen. And that's one of the reasons why this thing was so dang successful because we hadn't seen zombies come to life on, on, uh, on a tele on for a TV series like this before, you know, special effects that were uh, that were excellent were reserved for zombie movies, you know, things playing on the big screen from big studios. But here we had an incredible mix of digital and practical special effects to bring these zombies to life again, very much in the fashion of what George Romero did. You know, I, I remember uh, back in uh, Night of the Living Dead, 
where there's this one scene where the survivors who are stuck in the house bring in a zombie. And I think the zombies like cut in half or something. They lay that zombie on a table and you see this zombie just, you know, arms wailing, torso moving a bit, head moving and stuff like that, the face and all and whatnot. But you're, you're basically, you're seeing a half a body, you know? And I remember as a kid, cause I, I watched all this stuff as a kid, um, as a kid, I was seeing this and I'm like, how is that? How is that possible? Cause see, I loved horror. I loved horror movies when I was a kid, right? My mom, and I came, I came to this country when I was eight years old. And so by like, I don't know, nine years old, I had discovered the treasure trove that is, that was blockbuster video. And so, uh, every single weekend, every single Friday, uh, my mom would allow me to rent like five or six movies to watch throughout the weekend. And I would immediately jet over <laughs> to the horror section. And since my mom didn't know, uh, didn't speak English, she didn't know what I was getting. Uh, sorry, I bumped the table. Uh, she didn't know what I was picking. And because uh, in Blockbuster, if if uh, you guys, um, let's travel back, kids, back in the Blockbuster days, uh, back in Blockbuster days, you would on the shelves, you would have the movie with the cover, right? Like the official movie cover, VHS tape cover with the artwork and all that stuff for the movie, right? So you could see what the movie was about there, but you, that's not the tape that you actually took. You took one of the, I don't know, five or so um, VHS tapes that were behind it. And those were not in the full movie cover. They, they simply had a blockbuster video cover which is primarily just white with the blockbuster logo on it. And then it had the name of the movie printed along the bottom or the side. And my mom, not, not speaking or reading English, she had no clue what I was getting. So as far as she was concerned, I was renting star Wars and Terminator and who knows what, when in reality I was, you know, renting night of the demons and the omen and, you know, the exorcist and night of the living dead. So I watched many, many horror movies, but here was the thing. What fascinated me about these horror movies a lot of the times, and it kind of took me out of the story sometimes, were the special effects. I remember back then, back in the 90s, there was a show called, uh, what was it called? Movie Magic. Movie Magic. And this was on the Sci-Fi Channel, I believe. And this thing basically took you behind the scenes and showed you the special effects guys, guys like Greg Nicotero, guys who use a combination of anything and everything that their imagination can think of to make something seem real on the screen. And my favorites were how they brought to life these monsters and zombies and demons and things from these horror movies that I used to love watching as a kid. And so, like, back to that scene from the Night of the Living Dead, right? The person is actually, it's a makeshift table. It's, it's, it's a table with a, with a false bottom. So where you see that the torso ends, that's a person actually, their body goes into the table and is hidden uh, within the table. And then special effects adds the look of a torn up torso. So you, it really does look like you're looking at half of a body flailing around because it's a, it's a zombie on, on this table. When in reality, you're just seeing a person in costume and makeup and half their body is being hidden. And then, you know, the, the, the seam, if you will, is covered by 
special effects, you know, to make it look like, like a torn up body. So those are the kind of things that I admire so, so much. And so it, it was impossible for me to uh, see the walking dead. And when I started seeing it, not notice the brilliance of the special effects. And of course, nowadays, these guys have the, uh, the benefit of CGI, which, you know, old school guys like George A. Romero did not have available back in, in, in their day. So it, it makes the use of mixing special and practical effects that much more impressive to me because it's too easy to rely on CGI. The guys who make it happen with a mix of the things, they've got my respect. Greg Nicotero, very, very cool. They created, um, a zombie school. Let again, this is all coming out of the brain of Greg Nicotero. A zombie school where the actors who are playing the zombies on the show learn how to walk like zombies, moan like zombies, move like zombies, react like zombies. So they're being trained, formally trained <laughs> on how to be zombies. And the they have classifications for the zombies as far as like the production, right? I'm not talking classification within the storyline of the show, like we talked earlier, walkers, roamers, lurkers from the comics. No, not that. It's types of zombies that are featured in the show. So the ones that are close up to the camera, the ones whom you're seeing close up with a lot of detail and stuff, those they call hero zombies. And those are the ones where you go all out with your special effects budget and you make them suckers look like zombies. Then you've got the mid ground zombies. These are the ones that are in, in the shot and you can see them and you can kind of make out who they are and what they're doing, but they're not the main ones directly in front of the screen. These guys, because they're kind of blurred out because of lens blur and all that kind of stuff. They're the ones that are going to show up with just really good makeup but not necessarily prosthetics and all that to the nth degree, like the hero zombies. Then you've got the deep background zombies. And now these are the guys that are way in the background. They're just blurs basically moving around. They just throw on some zombie masks on them and call it a day. They don't go, they don't go too deep with them. This kind of system is the kind of thing that allows you to play around with your budget, with your special effects budget, and not blow it on uh, unnecessary uh, makeup for characters that aren't going to be in frame. So, And all of it ends up playing a role in how the composition of each scene it comes together. I mean, I, I love all this behind-the-scenes background stuff. It, it's so cool to me. Uh, the show was mostly filmed in Georgia, um, which is also the setting for the story. Now, I believe, if I remember correctly from when I started reading the comics, that the comics actually takes place something else, Kentucky or something like that. I don't think it actually takes place in Georgia, but the show definitely does. And um, lots of sets that have been uh, torn down and reused and stuff like that. Uh, some sound stages, uh, some cities outside, mostly shot in Atlanta, actually, but a lot of a lot of uh, other surrounding areas used as well. Uh, the show, of course, again, is loosely based on the material of the comics, and it's taken characters in all sorts of crazy directions. Uh, the show has kind of a pattern, right, where there is a um, moment of peace, a season of peace that we get to enjoy with these characters where they're reaching some sort of civilized state, where they're reaching some sort of order. And then that is torn down because of the appearance of some enemy group. 
that enemy group will typically come accompanied by some kind of charismatic head, some leader. There is a war that ensues. The heroes manage to, by the, you know, skin of their teeth, defeat. Skin of their teeth. Is that the way you say that? It sounds very appropriate, actually, for the purpose of um, zombie. Because, well, I suppose zombies wouldn't have skin on their teeth either. Because their skin's kind of falling off. Anyway, tangent. Um, so the uh, the pattern kind of repeats over and over again. Now, each time the stakes are higher because each time the heroes manage to find themselves in a situation where they have built something greater each time. More and more approaching some sort of structured life for survivors that they that, that encompass a group. And so, of course, each time the war is more intense, the villains have to be more intense. And it could get repetitive. It can get repetitive. The um, this entire thing within the context of the TV show. That's a reason why in season nine, when these characters, the Whisperers, were introduced, it was kind of a, a breath of fresh air to me. It was uh, finally something new, something a little bit different. And if you watch the show, you you know you know why I'm saying that. Uh, and by the way, I'm not I'm not trying to spoil storylines here too much um there are some things that i have to inevitably inevitably mention uh but i'm not gonna try to deliberately just speak completely freely and spoil uh story details just in case you haven't gotten into these properties and, and you do want to get into them so um yeah i'll give you any spoiler warnings if there's anything significant um the show of course has been an enormous success uh the most recent uh, is that the fact that it was renewed uh, for an 11th season and uh, it spun off several other properties. So uh, toys have been made out of this thing made by none other than McFarlane toys. And um, I forget what episode I think, Oh, it was in uh, the spawn episode of, uh, of the podcast that I mentioned McFarlane toys and how excellent the level of details uh, when it comes to the production of McFarlane's toys. And they do everything from the Spawn characters to some video game properties to sports characters, like, you know, sports athletes, um, and things like The Walking Dead. So uh, Todd McFarlane, incredible artistic direction on behalf of this guy for the toys that come out of McFarlane's toys. I recommend that you give a listen to it, uh, Spawn uh, Comics and Films, uh, in episode number 25 of our podcast. So toys have definitely been one thing that has come out of The Walking Dead. There's a companion series that was created um, called Fear the Walking Dead. I actually liked the first two seasons, I or at least I followed the first two seasons of the show. I dropped off after a bit. Um, but I like the first two seasons because, so this show is set in a completely different setting, nothing against Georgia, but after, you know, nine seasons or so of, uh, of strictly that area, that, um, that ecosystem, that topography, um, that climate, I was kind of ready for something different. And so this, series fear the walking dead at least at the beginning it's set in la set in los angeles california 
And the most important feature of the show is that it, it's actually, it starts off before the zombie outbreak goes into full force. So we get to see a little bit of normalcy and then very quickly it descends into chaos as this thing, uh, as the outbreak happens. Um, and so that, that's an aspect that we really hadn't gotten to see yet in the walking dead because the walking dead drops you, um, I, well, to correct myself, The Walking Dead does begin within regular world settings, you know, with, within a regular world situation before the zombie outbreak happens. But very, very quickly, it just drops you into basically a period a period of lost time. And the character Rick Rhymes wakes up. This is all in the pilot episode of the show or in the first comic book um, that, that if you get into the comic book series... He wakes up after a coma, and boom, he's smack in the middle of the zombie apocalypse. So he missed all the rising action. He missed everything <laughs> that, that, that led to the world drastically changing. So uh, Fear the Walking Dead shows us that, that period of time. And, and I think that's, that's pretty important to get that view of that period of time. More, most important is the fact that... Um, the zombie virus in The Walking Dead, and this is, you know, this applies to the comics and this applies to the show, is unique in the sense that everyone's already got it. So it's kind of like an airborne disease, an airborne virus. And if you are breathing air in this world and you're set in the world of The Walking Dead, you've got the virus already, even if you're alive. So anyone who dies, whether they die because they're bitten by a zombie or they die because of any other reason, you are going to turn into a zombie because the virus is already in you. And that's a pretty interesting concept. And I remember when I realized that that was the case in the series, when they revealed that, it, it was a big shocker because I'd never seen something like that when it came to dealing with a zombie virus. So in, in the show Fear the Walking Dead, we get to see these people as they're realizing this for the first time, as they're figuring this out. Like, oh, my God, you, we can't just trust that, you know, if somebody died for some other cause, they fell from a you know tall place or whatever, or they were shot with a gun. We can't trust that anymore. And they learned that the hard way by losing lives. So um, I, I love that aspect of it, of, of that show. And, and it is pretty interesting. The characters are, are, are pretty interesting. It was just, it was nice to see of, uh, some fresh faces within this world of The Walking Dead. Um, that show is already, it's been renewed for a sixth season, as far as I know. And, um, and it's continuing. I don't know how far they're going to continue it. They're going to keep taking it. But um, it's, it's going strong, it seems. Um, there were some games uh or released for uh, that set take place within the world of The Walking Dead. Telltale, uh, the game producer, released a game called The Walking Dead in 2010. Uh, this game also followed new characters, and it was, you know, I think considered canon. And it just, you know, takes place in a different uh, in a different setting within the same world, and it follows two characters, Lee and Clementine. And Clementine is a preteen. Uh, she's a preteen at the start of the entire zombie apocalypse. And so this series of games that ended up spawning from this first game, it kind of follows her as she's growing up within the zombie apocalypse. Uh, in the game also, the players have to make choices. And the choices that you make kind of alter the course of the story. It's very character focused. It's very emotionally 
focused as a game. It's not all focused on the zombies. Um, the uh, Telltale released uh, three additional seasons of the game after the first one. They even had a, a spinoff that focused on the character Michonne. And uh, then they hit some hard times and the company actually went bankrupt. And so they, they weren't able to finish the final season. But uh, Kirkman, the creator of, of The Walking Dead, he had by this point established Skybound Entertainment, which is you know a game production company. And he, uh, wa- he ended up rehiring the staff from Telltale to finish this series, to close it off and to finish Clementine's story. Uh, very cool game. I did play a couple of the seasons, and, and I definitely recommend it. It's really cool if you're into the style of Telltale games. Telltale also released some a couple of pretty cool Batman games, which, again, had that element of, you know, strong cinematics. They drop you right into some action. You've got to make decisions that alter the story, that whole thing. Um, very cool, their, their, their game style. Shame that they, that they went under. Uh, a tabletop game was released themed with The Walking Dead. It's called uh, The Walking Dead All Out War. Um, aside from that, the series, the world, the universe that it's established is going strong enough that AMC CEO Josh Sapan said that they had plans to continue The Walking Dead franchise for another 10 years including new films, television series, all of it based on the original comic book series. So <clears throat> I'll pause on this for a, for a sec. I don't know how to feel about that, right? <clears throat> Saying we're going to keep on making this stuff for another 10 years, including movies and series and whatnot. Uh, well, on one end, I do know how to feel about it because they have established enough of their own world that they no longer depend on the comics. Therefore, the fact that the comics ended in 2019 with issue number 193 has nothing to do with this universe that they have now built on the big screen, or rather on the little screen, on TV. They have, for all intents and purposes, created a shared universe, right? A universe that is being shared not only by... um, other shows like Fear of the Walking Dead, but by video games, by novels. And it's interesting to me that they very low-key ended up creating what so many other studios have sought to create, right? Like, for example, Universal wanted to create a shared universe with their monsters. You know, Frankenstein, Dracula, all these guys. And that failed miserably. The Mummy, the remake, was supposed to, you know, kick that entire thing off with Tom Cruise, and and that failed. Um, so, and you have other instances, other other examples of studios trying to create shared universes. Of course, following this model that Marvel Studios set, with starting with Iron Man. So, what ended up happening is that, kind of without any fanfare. AMC ended up creating this kind of shared universe and they're going full force. So here's what we know so far. We know for a fact that they have created already a series called the walking dead world beyond. This is a pretty interesting series. You can actually go to, go to YouTube and you can find um, a trailer for it. 
it's a 10 episode series. It's supposed to go on only for two seasons, but then again, you know, look at how far the uh, fear the walking dead series is. I'm sure that this thing could continue if it's enough of a hit. It's set in Nebraska, another section of the United States. It's set 10 years after the zombie apocalypse, and it focuses on the children who have come of age or who are coming of age during the zombie apocalypse. These children that call themselves the endlings, <laughs> which I think is pretty cool. Uh, you know, you got the Gen Xers and the boomers and the millennials. Now you got the endlings. The generation that grew up in the midst of the zombie apocalypse, right? And uh, these are these are young people who have been trained on how to kill zombies because zombies are a reality for them, but they never had to go through the survival and the building of society, the rebuilding of society that the characters of The Walking Dead had to go through. So... They're basically now for the first time, this is part of their story in the series, they're venturing out into the wild, into the uncharted or rather unprotected world that they grew up in, the part of it that they never know. Uh, apparently, there's a connection here with um, uh, the next point that I'm going to talk about. There's this group called the three rings and they they they're involved in this series and the three rings is a militaristic type of group that focuses on reestablishing society through force basically um so they're available in this entire thing and uh, it's interesting that in descriptions of the show it's been said that some of these uh, young people who are going to be the main characters, the main cast of this show, we're going to see their journeys venturing out into this into this unknown world to them. We're going to see their journeys take them in different paths. Some of them are going to become heroes. Some of them are going to become villains. And the um, circumstances that they live when they're out there are going to start slowly shaping them into whatever it is that they end up becoming. Pretty interesting series, and I definitely want to give it a shot when it comes out. Um, production began in July of 2019 and it was set to premiere, I think, uh, somewhere in April of 2020. But of course, with everything that's happened with COVID-19, um, that has been delayed. Uh, not sure exactly when it will premiere, um, but I hope that we do see it at some point in the spring, um, just so that we can venture into another corner of this walking dead universe that they've created and, and see it through the eyes of that younger crowd. Right. Uh, basically it's kind of like a re experiencing of that world. It's a, it's a re introduction to that world because it's from the eyes of people who have not really experienced it yet. So really interested in seeing what happens within that series. Um, then there's another thing. The comment from Josh Sapanda, the AMC CEO, he mentioned films, films as well as television. And we have a first set of films that has been confirmed. And these are going to be AMC original films. But they're going to be full featured films, right? And they're supposed to be released in theaters, the whole nine yards. Now, the, the first set is going to be a trilogy. And it's going to follow a character from the TV show. 
And this is where I want to give a little spoiler warning. So spoiler warning, if you're not caught up at least through season nine of the Walking Dead TV series, you may want to skip ahead, let's say maybe three minutes. Okay. So spoiler warning, you have been uh, warned. I will see you in three minutes if you don't want to get season a part, a little part of season nine spoiled. You've been warned. The three movies that have been announced are going to follow the character who has been the main character throughout the entire Walking Dead series, and that is Rick Grimes. Now, in the comic books, Rick Grimes is basically the lead character of the series throughout the entire thing, right? Throughout the, you know, almost entire 193 issues of the series. However, in the TV show, this is one of the big departures that the TV show took, you know, compared to the comics. In season nine, we see Rick Grimes basically disappear. <laughs> he falls out of the face of the earth. And <clears throat> he is taken by a group that we now know is this group called the Three Rings. And... For the remainder of season nine, which I'm not sure, I can't remember exactly if that was the end of season nine. I don't think so. I think there may have been one or two episodes after he disappears. But the 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 focus shifts upon the other characters, the other main characters, which in all fairness, by this point in the story, the other characters have been developed enough that there's a handful of them that could probably lead the show. And I'm talking about, you know, characters like Michonne, characters uh, like Daryl, characters like Carol, characters like uh, King Ezekiel, characters that are have become iconic enough within this universe of the TV show that they are able to carry the show. I think they 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 are definitely capable. And um, again, I haven't gotten into season 10 yet. I'm waiting for it to complete uh, on TV so that I can then go ahead and. Uh, consume it all uh, one after another. Now, Rick Grimes, apparently, even through season 10, we don't know what happened with him. And the first trilogy of movies that is going to be released, um, it's going to be set, uh, it's going to be set after this character left the main storyline of the show. And uh, showrunner Scott Gimple said the following, and I quote, we're going to continue to tell Rick's story, and we're going to discover so much of the world through that story. Rick will be challenged in different ways that in, in some ways, everything that he's been through has sort of prepared him for. It's a much larger world than the one that he had been operating in. And I'm really excited about this, end quote. Uh, I'm really excited about this because um, that's one of the points that I've always kind of had against the walking dead. And is that it has a very narrow view of this world where a zombie outbreak occurred. And, um, and I think this is more or less where the spoiler talk ends. So, um, welcome back. If you, uh, fast forwarded three minutes, welcome to the future. Uh, so movies are planned. TV shows are planned 10 years into the future. Pretty much so long as the Walking Dead universe that they have put together is continuing to give, put cash in AMC's pocket, they're going to keep it going, you know? And to be completely honest, as long as they're giving us good quality content, 
they can take our money. You know, they can take our viewership. They can take our money. They can take our time and attention. You know, if you're into the zombie genre, the fact is that The Walking Dead is, you know, one of the more high quality products that is out there when it comes to zombies. So um, I can't blame them for continuing to create content. And I'll definitely expose expose myself to some of that. Um, my experience so far with The Walking Dead has been that it's it's familiar at, by this point. It's a world that I know if I distance myself from for a bit. So like what ended up happening for me is that I, I kind of paused around uh, season seven of the show. And then a couple of years passed pretty much. And then suddenly I started getting that itch again. You know, I want to, you know, I want to, I need some zombies in my life. And so I went ahead and I decided to pick up where I had left off and I enjoyed the heck out of it, you know, catching up with it. And again, I, I watched through season nine and then season nine, especially really grabbed my attention. I thought that, that it was really, really cool, really interesting. Finally, some kind of like a fresh storyline, uh, some fresh concept to the villains. And I was really, uh, I, I got, it kind of renewed my hype for them. Not enough necessarily to go over to the fear of the walking dead and watch beyond season two, which is, which is where I stopped watching that show. Not enough to get me in that direction. Cause I, I don't know. I guess the stakes aren't, didn't ever seem as high for these people as they seem over in the primary, uh, walking dead show. Um, this world beyond show I'm definitely interested in. I'm really curious to see, uh, what happens, with uh with this world of the walking dead through the eyes of people who are coming of age i think it's it's, it's a pretty cool concept um but uh yeah i think that it's something familiar that i feel good dropping back into every once in a while i love the walking dead i think that uh it's been one of the main contributors in the last i don't know 15 years or so to zombie storytelling as a whole. I think that Robert Kirkman has brilliantly carried the torch of George A. Romero forward into the future. I think that he has stuck to the blueprint of George A. Romero's zombie style, and he's managed to write compelling stories around that same type of zombie. Because let's face it, there's definitely video games out there, for instance, like uh, Resident Evil, The Last of Us, that that uh, you know paint very different pictures of the zombie character. Um, you've got movies as well, right? Like uh, um, the uh, uh, World War Z movies, for instance. The zombies are you know slightly different from the George A. Romero template. Um, twenty eight days later, twenty eight weeks later the zombies are rabid and fast and all this kind of stuff. So very different interpretations of zombies. And I feel like zombie storytelling has felt like it, it needed to go off in different directions and make the creatures themselves more interesting or compelling or more threatening or whatever it was. But I love the fact, I love the fact that Robert Kirkman has been able to find success by sticking to the traditional definition of a zombie. And he's done it in the comics. 
um, AMC and he have been able to do it in the show, in the spinoffs, in the video games, in the movies that are upcoming. And hopefully they do continue to do it for 10 years or more. Because if they continue to produce great content, hey, again, it's just continuing to carry that torch forward. So that concludes our episode on The Walking Dead. I hope that you guys have enjoyed it. If you are a fan of The Walking Dead, whether it's a comics, whether it's games, whether it's a show, whatever it may be, I would love to hear your comments about it. You can write us at g101podcast at gmail.com. We're also on social media, Instagram and Twitter at G101podcast. Finally, if you do enjoy Geekology 101, we ask you to do one or more of the following things. Number one, hit subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. Number two, write us a review if you can. We know that by asking you for a review, we're basically asking you for even more of your time. But we would really, really appreciate it. It would go a long way towards helping us get in front of more people. And number three, leave us a rating. Five stars would be incredible that we're the kind of podcast that you're into. But if not, leave us whatever rating is honest. We would love the opportunity to improve and become something that will appeal to a broader audience. Having said that, thank you guys for joining me for another episode of Geekology 101 and for another installment of Brains series. I will catch you guys in the next episode. Thanks again for listening to today's episode. Like I mentioned during the episode, The Walking Dead has also made its way into novels. And the great thing is that those novels are actually available in audiobook form through audible.com. You've heard Joshua and I talk about Audible all the time because it's something that we use to consume stories from the different worlds and genres that we love. If you're into The Walking Dead and you've never experienced the novels, and especially if you've never experienced audiobooks, here's your opportunity. You can go to audibletrial.com slash G101 to get your first month of Audible absolutely free. That's one entire audiobook that you're going to be able to keep in your library forever. Experience the audiobook format. Experience The Walking Dead in its novel form. And it's at no cost to you. If you do decide to stick around after your free trial with audible.com, you're going to be able to help the show out, keep us on the air, keep us putting out great content constantly. And we would greatly, greatly appreciate it. So again, you want to take advantage of this, go to audibletrial.com slash G101. Thanks, guys. <laughs>